Welcome to the Terry and Jesse show. I believe Jesse can't not be seen. We've got some technical difficulties. Jesse, are you with us on the audio? Yes, sir. Oh, okay. I'm with you. Can you hear me? Yeah, well, we're reporting for duty, whether I can see you or not. I know you're reporting, so God bless you, Jess. Hey, brother, you picked some pretty powerful topics today, and I'll tell you why. We have a lot of people right now that are kind of depressed. Uh, I get a lot of calls this week after the Vatican pronouncement of this so-called gay blessings. And But when you understand the Catholic faith in its entirety, and we're going to cover this today, I think you're going to go, wow, hey, nothing's changed because the Pope doesn't have the power to change any doctrinal issues. He may think he does. Yeah, he may think he does, but he doesn't. So we're going to have Cardinal Burke weigh in. I like his title. Answer, his answer to the cultural challenge is not changing doctrine, but following Jesus Christ. Wow, that sounds like a Jesse Romero topic. Mm. All right, and then Father Thomas G., when Andy, he's an OFM, that's a, a Franciscan, a friar, a conventional Franciscan, Capuchin. He has an article about God's blessing and magisterial teaching. I thought he said it in six minutes that should reassure you. He quotes uh, St. John Henry Newman on the development of doctors showing that this isn't what's going on here. What's going on, folks, is error. I'm just saying you can't teach, you can't even the Pope change doctrinal issues. It's yeah. a break from doctrine, not yes. a continuity of yes. doctrine. Ex- it's Thank a break. you, Jesse. Thank you. Yeah. And just, just for the good to know file, more bishops around the world are putting the heat on the Pope and saying, no, 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 no. Polish bishops now say people in same-sex relationships cannot receive a blessing. And it's going over and over. Different bishops' conferences are saying, we can't do that. Even religious orders are coming out and saying, we're not going to do it. So I think um, the Pope is going to take a lot of heat on this and uh, I, I think he should, because what he did was wrong, and um, many of the bishops are asking him to step in and say, no, we've decided not to do this, this was wrong, and he still has time to do that, so we can pray for that. Also, good to know, file Jesse, this is not a Catholic, but House Speaker Mike Johnson, are you ready? The ABC News Post critical article, why, what was he doing? He was taking his daughter to a purity ball in 2015. <laughs> Is this microphone on, Jesse? That's a bad thing? Yeah, if you're into immorality and, and sexual deviation, yes, it is. So, and my last one for the good to know file, Jess, and I'll turn it to you. Catholic World Report, check it out. He has an article that says, Who is really trying to replace doctrine with ideology? And I'll leave you to the article because basic, basically what I'm saying is it's the Holy See. They're complaining about people with ideology they're doing exactly what they're saying we shouldn't be doing. I'll turn it over to you, Jess. Yeah, there's a, f- a couple of things I want to mention before I give you the good news of our Lord and Amen. Savior, Jesus Christ, which is the reason, that's the reason why life is worth living because of Jesus. So, Amen. yeah, like you said, Terry, yeah, Terry, the media attacked Mike's speaker, Mike Johnson. I can't believe that, yeah, for taking his... <laughs> His daughter to a period. But, but you see Wait. how, but Jesse, doesn't this show <laughs> the, the, the war on the cultural war? Yeah. There it is. Terry, if he would have taken his daughter to an impurity ball. That would be fine. Oh, yeah. In fact, you know who has impurity balls? Because I've looked at their conferences when they have the Temple of Satan. Yeah. Uh, when they have conferences all over the country and they're getting more active. Yeah. You can go online and you can read the, the speakers, the topics. Yeah. Uh, every single time they have a conference, they'll have a talk. One of the talks in the conference is the impurity ball. Oh, and the, yeah, but, and but, yeah, they 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 have they have basically an orgy planned for the event, 
in one of the rooms. Yeah, see, uh, before you go on, can I clarify something? Yeah. Because this is what I think is happening. One of the spiritual writers said, as we have a lessening of belief in the real presence of Christ and love for Jesus in the Eucharist, it gives the devil more power over people. Doesn't that make sense? That's exactly what we're seeing right now, Terry. There's a vacuum. Yep. Okay. We're, if, if Christ I, is rejected, yeah. uh, the other guy is going to come in. That's my Here's point. something else I want to yeah. mention. Trump calls out uh, the administration for targeting Catholics. Former President Donald Trump, in a Tuesday speech in Iowa, mm-hmm. uh, he vowed to defend Catholics against persecution from the FBI. Uh, that's good news. The FBI, the, the Biden FBI actually has targeted Catholics as potential domestic terrorists. Uh, and Trump says he promised to create a new federal task force on fighting anti-Christian bias to be f- to be to be led by a fully reformed, fully reformed Department of Justice that's fair and equitable. Also, like Terry said, I'll re- respond again. African bishops respond to Vatican declaration. The Catholic Bishops Conference of Nigeria released a statement on Wednesday yeah, that there is no possibility in the church of blessing same-sex unions and activities. The Catholic Bishops' Conferences of Malawi, Ghana, and Zambia have all issued similar statements since the Vatican Declaration opened the possibility of priests blessing same-sex couples. Finally, the reactions to court disqualifying Trump in 2024, presidential candidates from both parties, but not the sitting president, slammed the Colorado Supreme Court's Tuesday ruling that disqualified former President Donald Trump from the ballot and it read, uh, it read what the candidates and President Joe Biden had to say. Terry, people are not happy about that decision by the Supreme Court well, of Colorado. People are saying, let us decide who's on the ballot exactly. by a vote, not the courts. And they're trying to get California now to do the same thing. But think about this, Jesse. He hasn't been convicted. No court. The Supreme Court will overturn that in a minute. This is ridiculous. Hey, Jess, one last thing I want before you get to the gospel that made me think about, you talked about the African bishops, the Polish bishops. It seems like it's going all around the world. It, it seems to me that there was one bishop who started it like 90 minutes after the document was released. His name is Bishop Joseph Strickland when he stated we need to resist this. And it looks, I just texted him. I did. I said, Bishop Strickland, your prayers are being answered because more prelates, more priests, more religious orders are saying, we're not going to do this. And here's the point. We'll talk about it later in the show. What What's the Pope going to do about this? He's either going to have to uh, change and say, maybe we made a mistake. Or, yeah, he can fire all these different bishops around the world, but... Um, you know, that's going to have gonna no help. church. He's yeah, have no church. Yeah, I, I just think that this could be really a demarcation line for the pontificate of Pope Francis. We need to pray for his conversion. I'll say it that oh, way, yeah. because what he's doing is leading the church in error and he's supposed to be confirming the church. Yes. Uh, last thing, St. Mary's Catholic co- uh, College backs down. And they reverse a trans policy. That's Excellent. good news. Oh, praise God. A yeah. Catholic woman's college on Thursday rescinded its new policy that opened admission to men who claim to be female, citing the sense of division as the reason for returning to the former policy. Jesse, so that's good. What's going that's the on? pressure. Jesse, what's going on? It seems like we've got a lion waking up right now. <laughs> Go ahead. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. Sleeping You're right, lion. Terry. There is. That's it. People are... People are done. People are saying you've you've stepped on my toes for the last time. Not again. Not on my watch. Speak, Lord. Your servants are listening. Luke chapter 1, verse 46 Soul food. Get it, Yes. Mary said, Mm -hmm. my soul proclaims the greatness of the Lord. My spirit rejoices in God, my Savior. For he has looked upon his lowly servant. For this day, all generations will call me blessed. 
The Almighty has done great things for me, and holy is his name. He has mercy on those who fear him in every generation. He has shown the strength of his arm and has scattered the proud in their conceit. He has cast down the mighty from their thrones and has lifted up the lowly. He has filled the hungry with good things, and the rich he has sent away empty. He has come to the help of his servant Israel, for he remembered his promise of mercy, the promise he made to our fathers, to Abraham and his children forever. Mary remained with Elizabeth about three months and then returned to her home, the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Wow. A lot of meat there. Oh, yeah, man. My, my soul proclaims the greatness of the Lord. That should be the prayer of every single Catholic. Yeah. yeah every single day. Say that, say that verse every single day. She says, rejoices, I, my spirit rejoices in God, my Savior. Yep, Mary's Savior is the same as our Savior, Jesus Christ, except she was saved before the fall uh, in anticipation. Preveniently, all of us were saved after the fall yeah. of Adam and Eve and after our own personal fall in you know, original, actual sin as well. Yes. It says, for, she called herself a lowly servant. And Jesus in the book of Philippians called himself also a slave of God, a servant of God. It's the same Greek word. Mary and Jesus both themselves called them slaves and servants of God the Father. Uh, all generations will call me blessed. Notice it doesn't say only Catholics will call her blessed. <laughs> that means Muslims, atheists, Protestants, Jews, uh, Buddhists. Everybody's supposed to call her blessed according to God's word, not just Catholics. And also what's interesting, twice in today's gospel, the Blessed Virgin Mary talks about God's mercy. Mm -hmm. So she was the first one to proclaim the divine mercy Great of God point. way before St. Faustina. So this whole, <laughs> this, whole no, this whole theology of the divine mercy of God, yeah. it comes from the lips of Mary way before St. Faustina. Because some people say, oh, that's new teaching. We're not going to listen to that. That's new teaching. No, it isn't. The Blessed Virgin Mary is the one that taught us about God's divine mercy in today's gospel. And the last thing, uh, the, the whole end of it, he has cast down the mighty from their thrones. He has lifted up the lowly, uh, the rich he has sent away empty. You know what he's talking about here, Terry? Mm. The globalists that run the world right now, the Bilderbergs, yeah. the uh, Rothschilds, the, uh, the, the, the St. Gallen Mafia, the Bohemian Grove, the, the rich and famous, the elite, Guess what, Terry? If you read today's gospel, if they don't repent, it's not going to go too well with them at the end. Right. All of us plebes, all of us lunch pail people, all of us blue collar people, all of us nine to five Joe six packs. If we hold on to our faith to the end, things are going to be inverted in the next life called heaven. Amen. Wow. Jesse Morel. That's awesome. We're going to get to Bishop Sheen on the other side. We've got a quick break here. Else, I would say on all of this is Our Lady leads the way. That's why we call her Our Lady of the Eucharist, because she was the first tabernacle of mm. the Catholic Church. Yeah. Mm. And I, I think that when we go to make adoration and we're looking at the Blessed Sacrament, you can also call on Our Lady. We're going to come back and talk about, well, we'll get Bishop Sheen's quote, and then we're going to get right into Cardinal Burke's answer to the cultural challenge. He says it's not changing doctrine, but it's following Jesus Christ. Thank you, Cardinal Burke, for leading with such clarity. That's what we need. Stay with us, family. We'll be back with more on the Terry and Jesse Show on Virgin Most Powerful Radio. Welcome back to the Terry and Jesse Show. Jess, you just need to turn your camera on with Skype, and we're going to see you, brother. My technician tells me. We're going to be bringing Bishop Sheen in. He's the smartest guy on the room. So let's bring him in and say full Sheen ahead. 
Uh, here's what he's talking about is tolerance. And this is very appropriate for what we're dealing with right now in the Catholic Church. So he says, indifferent are those who deny that there is any diff such thing as good or evil, like our culture right now, or who have no philosophy of life and who accept no goal or purpose. And here's the world right now. Right or wrong, to them, are merely points of view. You're spot on, Bishop Sheen. He says tolerance is identified with an equal value to right and wrong, truth and error, virtue and vice. Thank you. We need to hear that today. The indifferent generally boast that they are open-minded. They are willing to hear all sides, but refuse to accept any. Their minds are so open that the ideas pass right through it. Well, thank you, Bishop Sheen, for being a man of common sense, where common sense isn't that common. Jess, are you with us, brother? Yeah, I'm here. Just uh, I'll have Richard just re-Skype me, but uh, you could hear me. Through, yeah, we can hear you. You can hear me through the conference. All right, so let's get into this Bishop yeah. Cardinal Burke's article, Jess. Yeah. He's, Cardinal Burke stated the following during a solemn mass yeah. at, the, at the shrine. Well, yeah. yeah, here's what he said. And the Feast of Our Lady of Guadalupe, I think it's important because he ties the message of Guadalupe into our situation today. Continue. Go ahead. Yes, he did. So he said, the cause of our joy today, the cause of our abiding joy, the cause of our eternal joy is mm-hmm. Christ, God the Son incarnate, whom his virgin mother yep. brought into the world and to whom she is ever, is ever drawing us, yes. showing us that he, seated at the right hand of God the Father in glory, is also with us in his holy church which together with the Virgin Mary, we rightly call mother. Our Lady Guadalupe uses the ancient pagan language to show that Christ alone fulfills man's deepest longing. Cardinal Burke continued, she does not reduce her divine maternity to the understanding of the pagans, but manifests the truth that the redemptive incarnation corrects, elevates, and perfects that understanding. Through her apparitions and her abiding presence on the miraculous stelum of St. Juan Diego, Lady Guadalupe showed the Bishop of Mexico City and the whole church that the way to overcome evil and to spread goodness is teaching the truth, he said. Praying at all times and offering all our love to God in sacred worship <coughs> and practicing the truth in love. Cardinal Burke explained that the church in our time faces similar, imp- seemingly impossible challenges. <laughs> what are we to do? What is the church to do? Some, he said, even among bishops would tell us that the church has to change her doctrine, her sacred worship, and her discipline in order to accommodate this culture. They talk about a necessary paradigm shift or an ill-defined synodal way, which declares that all are welcome in the church without making clear the conversion to Christ, which is necessary to be a member of his mystical body. Well said. Before the great challenge of our time, Pope St. Paul, uh, St. John Paul II cautioned us that we will not save ourselves <laughs> and our world by discovering some magic <laughs> formula or by inventing a new program. Yeah. Cardinal Burke pointed out, quote, in unmistakable terms, John Paul II declared, quote, no, we shall not be saved by a formula, but by a person and the assurance which he gives us, I am with you. Cardinal Burke answers to cultural challenges is not changing doctrine, but following Christ. Pope St. Paul, St. John Paul II reminded us that the program by which we are to address effectively the great spiritual challenges of our time, in the end, Jesus Christ alive for us in the church. It is, it is to holiness of life in Christ yeah. that Our Lady of Guadalupe draws us. Cardinal Burke emphasized at the end of his homily, 
quote, leaving the ordinariness of our daily living to come on pilgrimage to her holy place, she manifests to us the extraordinariness of our daily living in Christ, close quote. And uh, in case you didn't know, Pope Francis recently revoked Cardinal Burke's right to a subsidized Vatican apartment and salary. Yeah. But Jesse, it's nice to hear from a cardinal who speaks so clearly about the church and the crisis that we're in. And he basically, is, I'm, I'm, you can't see this, Jesse, but I'm holding up a crucifix. I can see. I can see you. Oh. I'll work on my camera the next segment. Okay. I don't know what's but going the on. Point of, but the point I'm making to you, brother, is it's Jesus yep. Christ. We, we can have a pope, we can, and we're going to get into this a little later, that isn't teaching orthodox teachings. And uh, because our church teaches that the perennial teachings of the church he has to be held by, that even if he tries to change him, he can't. He doesn't have the authority to do it. And we're going to cover that in a little later. But, Jesse, what are your thoughts about Cardinal Burke pointing out that Our Lady of Guadalupe, who evangelized, what, 8 million non-Catholics in 1517 when everybody was leaving the church? It seems to me that maybe we need to be invoking Our Lady of Guadalupe in this challenge we're faced today. Patroness of the Americas, remember. Yeah. Cardinal Burke is truly a man of God. Mm. And when I read Cardinal Burke's words, it fills me with gratitude for him and his generous vocation. Uh, he's basically telling us, never change doctrine. Can't do it. Nope. Uh, because the the minute you try to change the founding principles or the doctrines of the Catholic Church, yep. uh, you cease to teach the doctrine of Christ. So That's right. I want to thank God for Cardinal oh. Burke. And, uh, and and as 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 a Catholic, uh what an excellent, excellent summary of, uh, uh, you know, and, and, and exhortation that he gave us. Yeah. Uh, we need more faithful shepherds like him, like Cardinal like Bishop Strickland. Yeah. God-fearing faithful shepherds. Strickland, Burke, Sarah, Mueller, many others. Anthony Snyder. These guys are, yeah, they're a light for these dark times. Yes. These guys are true disciples of Jesus Christ. And... Uh, and they know who they are, Terry. They haven't. They don't have an identity crisis. No. They know that they are successors of the apostles that have been consecrated to teach the truth in season and out of season. And Jesse, in the next segment, I want you just to cover this before this segment's over. We're going to have a priest uh, article called God's Blessing and Magisterial Teaching. That's very clear teaching on what the deposit of faith says about issues of homosexuals it's kind of a long article you should probably start it now actually. well it's a six minute one jess so it's gonna oh, take okay. it's okay. gonna take so i want to actually i ask you i'm gonna i want to ask you to talk a little bit about what you and i talked off the air regarding gradualism and how for the last 50 years uh people have been so uh, bombarded with change in the church that the issue of discipline and dogma they're not sure what is it it, you know, can we, can this change? Can that change? With so many changes going on, it seems that many Catholics are confused. And so I wanted to have you address that issue of gradualism. Terry, gradualism is a technique that's used by the Catholic left and the political left as oh, yeah. well. Oh, yeah. In other words, they try to, they try to gain yardage, uh, you know, little by little. Mm-hmm. It, it's also called incrementalism. That's right. And this is, it's just simply a technique yeah that they use to try to advance dissent, but they do it slowly. That's exactly what they did to Humanae Vitae. Yep. Terry, you don't hear anybody talking about Humanae Vitae. No. That, that, that document basically ha- has, has died the death of silence. Right. Why? Gradually, uh, you just had 
bishops, priests, universities pushing back to the point where nobody even brings it up no more. It's kind of like a non-issue. Right. Uh, you, you, that's, that's gradualism. That's incrementalism. It's, it's, it's taking a doctrine and dissenting to the point where that doctrine suffers death by a thousand slashes. <laughs> and, 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 uh, well said, well said. And, and I'll tell you something no, else yes. about this document that's problematic. The first words of Jesus Christ, Terry, are Mark 1.15, repent and, and believe in, in the gospel. gospel. I say it all the time. Okay, well, that's, that's not, the name Jesus Savior, is, 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 is not found in the document. Yeah. <laughs> the, the name repent yeah. is not found in the document. I'll tell you what this is, Terry. This is a sleight of hand. Just like, you know, when you go to a magic show, okay, pulling yeah. rabbits out of a hat. This is a sleight of hand on the Vatican's part. They're trying to say, oh, we don't bless homosexual unions. Yet, read the documentary. It says over and over. Yeah. Blessings of couples in irregular situations and of couples of the same sex. So they're saying, no, no, no. We don't bless homosexual unions. The document says it over and over. Blessings of couples exactly. in irregular situations and of the couple of the same sex. So it, talk about ambiguity and confusion. Look, well, at, if the Vatican really wanted to do it the right way, yeah. they would have said something like, okay, you come up to a priest and you're a homosexual. You can't come with your, you got to decouple. You can't come with your lover. Yeah. You got to come individually yeah. to the parish and ask the priest, father, I'm, uh, I, I, I've been struggling with homosexuality and I need a blessing. I want to leave my partner. I want to walk away from this. Yeah. Can you give me a Absolutely. blessing so, so I have the strength actual so grace. I can walk away from this, that, 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 uh, you know, that actual grace yep. that I need from yep. a priest to be able to walk away from this sinful relationship. Beautiful. But that's not what's happening, Terry. Well, what's happening is the, the, these couples... <laughs> Are coming to the priest holding hands. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, they probably just they probably just finished sodomizing each other, or they're going to go to sodomize yeah. each other a little bit and later. We're blessing that. Yeah. yeah. And so they're holding hands. They have no intention to change, and they're asking the priest for a blessing. The priest should say, "You want me to bless you? Stop holding hands." Both of you individually come and see me in the confessional. You must repent and believe in the gospel. Unless the homosexuals, Terry, have a prick of conscience, acknowledge that their arrangement is sinful before the priest, have contrition for their sins, and then are willing to confess their sins, make a firm purpose of amendment to change their life through penance and prayer, and avoid the near occasion of sin by separating from bed and board forever, then the priest can give them a blessing. But... In addition, they also have to say, Father, I want to surrender my life to Jesus, to the Catholic Church, and pursue a life of virtue and holiness. That's not what's happening no. here. We know, just look at what Father uh, the, James Martin is doing. Yeah. Yeah, he's, he's blessing people, holding hands together, and they all got a smile from ear to ear because they have no in- inclinations of leading that, of changing that yeah. sodomitic relationship. Yeah, see, let me throw something at you and tell me I'm all wet. Yeah. The church in Germany is already doing this, okay? And it, I'm thinking, you know, the funding that we get from the Church of Germany to the Vatican, the Vatican really wouldn't want to see another state church in Germany. And so maybe this is also being done just to try and placate the German church to show that, hey, don't go over the line, but we're, we're going to let you bless the same-sex couples, but don't make it in a, to a marriage. 
and I'm just saying possibly, and I'm just trying to explain, how can you do this? But maybe, maybe they're trying to reach out to a church that's already gone way over their line with its Catholic morality. So do you think that that's a possibility? Or am I off on that? Because I could be off, but that, that, that's just a possibility, I'm thinking. Yeah. Um, a con- you're saying like a concession to the yeah, German Yeah, a concession to the German church so they don't split from the church and the funding that it, would come. It's, it's kind of like the concession that they made, you know, 30 years ago to Holland and, and Belgium when they said, uh, we're going to start receiving communion in the hand. Well, you can't. Well, we're going to do it anyhow. That's, that's my point. It's, it's yeah, called we disobedience. To get yeah, blessed. we don't care what you say. We're going to do it anyhow and embarrass you in front of the world in the international stage. Right. That's a, the same thing. The German church is twisting the arm of the Vatican. That's, They're how, saying, that's what I'm thinking, You Jess. better come out with this document because we're going to do it anyhow. Yeah, exactly. And we make a lot of money, by the way. Yeah. We don't need you. Yeah. And we send a lot of money to Rome, so you better change your position on this. Soften it up. Yeah. yeah. We come back. We're going to have a great comment from Father Thomas Waniski. Stay with us. We'll be back in a moment. You're listening to the Terry and Jesse Show on Virgin or Powerful Radio. There he is. Welcome back. Now I see Jesse. He's back online here. Hey, Jess, what's the story here? We got uh, God's blessing and magisterial teaching. I... When I read this, I thought this is the clearest teaching on Pope Francis's error regarding blessing of homosexual blessings, and I think everybody could understand it. So I asked if we could just play the the clip for six minutes and just listen to this, and then we'll give our commentary. Mr. Engineer, let's play the clip. Well, we think we're going to play the clip. If not, we'll read it, Jesse. All right, we'll read it. Uh, uh, Go, uh, Go ahead, Jess. I'll mention, I'll mention just, just something, something before, before we, we we either play the clip or read, read no, the article. Start it. Uh, Cardinal Victor Manuel Fernandez, he, he's the architect of this article, Terry. Yeah, of course he said it July yeah. 6th. Remember when yeah, he first he, came in, he said yeah. this. I'll tell you why I don't trust him. Okay? <laughs> yeah, why? He He's the author of a book called Heal Me With Your Mouth, The Art of yeah, Kissing. exactly. Any priest, bishop, or cardinal yeah, it's just that writes life. a book on uh, kissing, guess what, Terry? Yeah. You lost me. Exactly. There, there's nothing that you can teach me catechetically because I don't trust you. Exactly. Yeah. Well said, Jesse. Well said. I mean, that that's he, he's also probably a social justice liberation theology Jesuit, yeah. uh, you know, w- without a doubt. But let's go to this article. All right, let's play it. We can get it now. Go ahead, Mr. Okay. Engineer. God's blessings and Magisterial Teaching by Father Thomas G. Winandy, OFM, CAP. Yesterday, Cardinal Victor Manuel Fernandez, Prefect for the Dicastery for the Doctrine of the Faith, published a declaration with the signed approval of Pope Francis entitled Fiducia Supplicants, on the pastoral meaning of blessings. This declaration articulated the importance of blessings in biblical, historical, and ecclesial perspectives. The declaration states that it remains firm on the traditional doctrine of the Church about marriage, not allowing any type of liturgical rite or blessing similar to a liturgical rite that can create confusion. The value of this document, however, is that it offers a specific and innovative contribution to the pastoral meaning of blessings, permitting a broadening and enrichment of the classical understanding of blessings, which is closely linked to a liturgical perspective. So, the Declaration wants to uphold the doctrinal integrity of the blessing given within the sacrament of marriage, while simultaneously wanting to allow a blessing that is linked to, but not similar to, a liturgical blessing given in marriage, thus, not causing confusion between the two. 
The declaration boasts that this provision implies a real development that is in keeping with Pope Francis's pastoral vision. It continues, it is precisely in this context that one can understand the possibility of blessing couples in irregular situations and same-sex couples without officially validating their status or changing in any way the Church's perennial teaching on marriage. Here, one perceives the real reason for which this declaration was written, to bless couples in irregular marriages and to bless same-sex couples. The declaration elaborates on these two situations. Within this pastoral vision there appears the possibility of blessings for couples in irregular situations and for couples of the same sex, the form of which should not be fixed ritually by ecclesial authorities to avoid producing confusion with the blessing proper to the sacrament of marriage. Nonetheless, although these blessings do not claim a legitimation of their status, they do beg that all that is true, good, humanly valid in their lives and their relationships be enriched, healed, and elevated by the presence of the Holy Spirit. The Declaration sees such blessings in accord with what's been traditionally called actual grace. The purpose of this grace is so that human relationships may mature and grow in fidelity to the Gospel, that they may be freed from their imperfections and frailties, and that they may express themselves in the ever-increasing dimension of divine love. In all the above, there is the appearance of reason, but also a great deal of jargon, sophistry, and deceit. First, the Declaration professes that what is being offered is a development of doctrine in keeping with Pope Francis's pastoral vision. In Essay on the Development of Doctrine, St. John Henry Newman provides criteria for judging what is true and what is erroneous doctrinal development, a corruption. Ultimately, he concludes, it's the infallibility of the Church that validates authentic development. Newman puts forward, however, a hypothetical, though frightening, hypothesis. What if a council or a pope were to teach a doctrine that would contradict a previous council or pope? Newman declares that it would shatter the notion of doctrinal development, for who then would be able to judge what is authentically revealed and what is not? Newman's alarming hypothesis is not so hypothetical today. Despite its claims to the contrary, the Declaration blatantly contradicts the perennial magisterial teaching of the Church concerning irregular marriages and the sexual activity of same-sex couples. Must one conclude, with Newman, that such teaching eradicates the very notion of doctrinal development and ultimately the very notion of doctrinal truth itself? Here I would offer a thesis that Newman did not consider, one that I believe is important within our present ecclesial context. Newman presumed that all pontifical teaching or teaching from bishops concerning doctrine and morals is magisterial. I propose that any pontifical teaching or teaching from bishops that overtly and deliberately contradicts the perennial teaching of previous councils and pontiffs is not magisterial teaching, precisely because it does not accord with past magisterial doctrinal teaching. The Pope or a bishop may be, by virtue of his office, a member of the magisterium, but his teaching, if it contradicts the received previous magisterial teaching, is not magisterial. Such false teaching simply fails to meet the necessary criteria. It possesses no ecclesial authoritative credentials. Rather, it is simply an ambiguous or flawed statement that attempts or pretends to be magisterial, when it's not. Second, to bless couples in irregular marriages or same-sex couples without giving the impression that the church is not validating their sexual activity is a charade. All those present at such blessings know, without a doubt, that such relationships are sexual in nature. No one is fooled. Actually, they are rejoicing that such sexual relations are being blessed. That's the point of these blessings. It is not their sexual abstinence being blessed, but their sexual indulgence. Third, while couples in irregular marriages and same-sex couples can be blessed, what cannot be blessed, and so validated, is the sin in which they are engaged. It is impossible to bless an immoral act, and to attempt to do so is blasphemy, for one is asking the all-holy God to do something that is contrary to his nature, the sanctioning of sin. Moreover, 
to bless irregular marriages and same-sex couples, for the purposes of authenticating their sexual activity, is an affront to and a demeaning of the sacrament of marriage itself. Such blessings undermine the dignity of marriage, a sacramental sign of the indissoluble union between Christ and His Church. Although on the pastoral meaning of blessings may be well intended, it wreaks havoc on the very nature of blessings. Blessings are the Spirit-filled graces that the Father bestows upon His adopted children who abide in His Son, Jesus Christ, as well as upon those whom He desires to be so. Attempting immorally to exploit God's blessings makes a mockery of His divine goodness and love. Wow, that last statement. Attempting to immorality to exploit God's blessing makes a mockery of His divine goodness and love. Thank you, Father, for succinctly stating what's going on. And again, Jesse, his comment that the, it's, that the magisterial teaching, it's not magisterial what Pope Francis did because it's a false teaching. It simply fails to meet the necessary criteria. That's what you've been saying for months, Jesse. I like, uh, yeah, because I'm, I'm, the, I'm uh, the commander of common sense. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> That's it. It's just all you need is common sense, natural law, the census fidei. That's exactly what I was going to say. Yep, census. Census fidei. The the one that jumped out. Tell me, I mean, yeah. th- this is where he, th- I mean, he just na- he nailed it in the whole his whole article. But this one especially here to me, he says, second, to bless couples in irregular marriages yeah. or same sex couples without giving the impression that the church is not validating their sexual activity yeah. is a charade. That's well said. Actions speak louder than words. Yeah, come on. We're we're playing games here. I agree. We we're saying we're just trying to say. Don't look at what your eyes are seeing, two homosexuals being blessed by a Catholic priest. No, 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 no. That's not what's going on. Your eyes are deceiving you, Jesse and Terry. Don't pay attention to what you're looking at. They're not, he's not blessing their homosexual union. He's compartmentalizing the blessing to each individual as they're holding hands, as they intend to go back to their house and, and sodomize each other. But he's not blessing that. He's blessing them. You can't separate the man from the action. You just can't do it. Then he says, all those present at such blessings know without a doubt that such relationships are sexual in nature. No one's being fooled. Actually, they're rejoicing that such sexual relations are being blessed. That's the point of these blessings. You don't believe me? Look at Father James Martin, all the backflips that he's doing right now. It's not their sexual abstinence that's being blessed, not at all, but their sexual indulgence. Terry, the Pope and Victor Fernandez have surrendered the white flag to the zeitgeist, to the spirit of this age. The Pope's job, Peter's job, Terry, is to confirm the brethren in the faith. And he's not doing that with this. Not to propose novel compromises with the world or the zeitgeist and confuse the faithful and confound the bishops and burden the task of a priest already burdened. And I like what he said. He quoted, really, the 19, 2021 document from the Congregation of the Doctrine of Faith. It's impossible to bless an immoral act and attempt to do so. It's blasphemy. For one is asking the all-holy God to do something that is contrary to his nature and sanctioning of sin. Jesse, that statement right there, I, I think that's why more bishops' conferences are coming out and saying, we can't do this just because the Pope said to do it. I mean, there was a time, Jesse, when we would say, oh, well, the Holy Father would never do this. But we're dealing with now a Pope 
who's teaching something contrary to the perennial teachings of the church. Yeah. And let's just keep it simple for our audience. Reject it. Just what Bishop Strickland said That's early last week. He said, yeah. no, I'm hoping that my brother bishops just reject this and more brother bishops are doing just that. Weaponized ambiguity. That's what this document and yeah. the, the, the statements in the document. The very fact that this declaration, fiducia supplicans, yeah. refers to couples of the same sex. Just that phrase alone, Terry, yeah, yeah. that's a deviation from what the magisterium clearly taught in the CDF document on pastoral care mm-hmm. under Cardinal Ratzinger of homosexual persons in 1986. He never used that language. Right. He said, quote, the human person yeah. made in the image and likeness of God can hardly be adequately described by a reductionist reference to his or her sexual orientation. So Cardinal Ratzinger refused to call them couples. Yep. He, he referred to them as individual human persons. You don't describe them by their sin. Thank you. In other words, we ought not treat them as couples because they're not couples. Their identity remains singular. They're, they're a creature of God, and by the grace of God, uh, heirs to eternal life. Amen. But they must, they must repent and conform to the gospel. You know, whatever sins or struggles or intrinsic disorders that a person has, that doesn't, that's, that's not how you're defined. Uh, you know, you don't define two men as a couple, men who have, who have succumbed to the malformed culture's definition of, 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 of the culture of death. When we come back, six short Bible quotes if you're lonely at Christmas. And we're seeing all the statistics. Many people are lonely. Stay with us. Our answer is always the same, Jesus Christ. We'll be back in a moment. Welcome back to the Terry and Jesse Show. To join the conversation, call 888-526-2151. All right, Jesse, we're Now, here's Terry and Jesse. You know, Jess, I can't believe how fast this show goes. I mean, I'm getting texts from people saying, yeah, man, you guys make it simple. Well, you know what, Jesse? Life is simple when you give your life over to Jesus Christ. Yeah, and I'll tell you, Terry. Tell me. God did not write the Bible for bright scholars. There you go. He, he, he wrote the Bible for children. Mm-hmm. He wrote the Bible for people that have childlike faith. Now, don't get me wrong. That doesn't mean that there aren't some difficult things in, in the scriptures like the book of Ezekiel, Daniel, Revelation. Absolutely, you need some training for those books. But the vast majority of the things in the Bible, like blessed are the pure of heart, for they shall be called the children of God. You don't need advanced degrees for that. You could be a high school dropout and you understand what that means. And so... Uh, as Catholics, uh, you know, we try to make things simple today because we consider ourselves blue collar lunch pail Catholics. I love it. I love that title. Jess, let's talk about something that uh, basically people feel lonely at the holiday season. We hear about it all the time. We actually have uh, suicide rates go up during the holiday period. What, what, what do we have to offer those folks? Six Bible verses for those that feel lonely, depressed, full of anxiety, full of stress. Here you go, six Bible verses. The first one is from Isaiah chapter 41, verse 10. It says, and listen to this, fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous 
right hand. Think about that. Chew on that verse. Believe in that verse. Interiorize, interiorize that verse. Here's another one. Psalm 34, 18. Oh, that's a good one. The Lord <laughs> is near to the brokenhearted and saves the crushed in spirit. Notice God's closeness to those people that are feeling brokenhearted. This verse provides solace and rescue and peace of soul. This is one of my favorites, Matthew eleven twenty eight. Oh, yeah, come to me. Uh, go ahead. Go ahead and read it, Terry. Come to me, all you who labor and are burdened, and I will give you rest. That's one of my favorites, too. Mm. And you know what? My stress level goes way down. Why? Because I give it all to Jesus. I mean, this, this verse of, of Matthew 11, uh, chapter 11, verse 28, he invites those who are weary or burdensome to find comfort and rest in him, offering a sense of relief and of peace. Absolutely. You know, think about the beast of burden in the Old and New Testament. You got two ox with yeah. a yoke around their, their neck sure. of wood. And they're pulling, uh, yeah, they're, they're, they're they're pulling heavy equipment, yeah. And and they're you know they're they're uh, basically threshing the field. Yeah. This is, in other words, all of us in life have this like wooden yoke around our neck, and we're trying to get to heaven, and it's hard, yep. and we're like these beasts of burden out in the field. Well, you know how it makes it easier when the your partner your partner ox. Happens to be Jesus Christ, the Son of God. That's right, man. Because he does all the pulling. You're like, oh, I'm so thankful it's Jesus next to me because this is so heavy. This is so hard. I can't do it. But when you look to the right and you see it's Jesus oh, next yeah. to you with a yoke around his neck, you say, oh, yeah. I can do this because Jesus is with me every step of the way. That's what that verse means. It's powerful. And you know, Jesse, that verse really reminds me also when I'm before the blessed sacrament, before the body, blood, soul, and divinity of Jesus Christ, no place. Uh, this is a foretaste of heaven when we're, we're there with our Eucharistic <laughs> King. I mean, where else would I want to uh, be? Come on. How about the next one? John 8, 12. John 8, 12. Read it, Terry. What's oh, John it's 8, great. Say? It says, uh, okay, it says, be strong. No, no, I am the light. Uh, I'm sorry. Different. I am moving ahead too fast. I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness but we'll have the light of life. That's pretty simple. Yes. Yeah, without, Je without Jesus Christ, you're, dark, you're in the darkness. And the whole, everything is dark without Christ. Yeah. Uh, there's no, there's no re redeeming value in anything. That's right. But when you see things in the light of Christ and, 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 and understanding what our goal is, as, as the Greeks say, our teleos, yes. our goal to get to heaven, where we're going to be before the light of the world, the sun of justice, perpetual light, you know, perpetual daytime. Yeah. That's Jesus Christ. That's God. Amen. And, and, and it, when you think about that, yeah. it, that th those thoughts, those memories, that imagination reflected in your mind, it gives you the grace and strength to fight the good fight every day and knowing that one day you will be out of all this darkness. The next one is really a great one, Jesse. Just it's Deuteronomy 31.6. What does it say, Terry? Deut Deuteronomy you read it, Jesse. Go ahead. Be strong and yes. of good courage. Do not fear nor be afraid of them for the Lord your God. He is the one who goes with you. Yes. He will not leave you nor forsake you. Notice that this verse reassures us that God's constant presence and faithfulness is with us even in the face of loneliness, even if you're a widow, even if you're home and infirm and ill in a, in a, 
in some type of a rest home, convalescent home in your loneliness. You think everybody's abandoned you. No, Jesus is with you. If you're in a state of grace, he is with you and he will never leave your side. And the only fear that we should have is the fear of mortal sin in our souls. The Bible says fear nothing. Well, fear, the only thing I fear is, is dying in the state of mortal sin. And that's the only thing we should fear. If the government comes down on us and closes us down or some, someone, hey, if you die a martyr, I said this the other day, Jesse, you bypass purgatory, dude. I mean, is that a problem? I think that's a great thing. Because <laughs> I know bad, I, knew, I have to spend a lot of time. I know I have. Not a bad perk. I, not well, a bad perk. If, if we're going to preach the truth and take a persecution for, for, for this little lifetime that we're in, bring it on, Jess. Yeah. Here's the last Bible verse that floods our soul with peace. It's in John 14, 27. Oh, yeah. The Bible says, peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your hearts be troubled. Neither let them be afraid. That's the constant theme of the Bible. God the Father saying, why are you afraid? I'm with you. You're in the palm of my hands. I've sent you my son, Jesus. I've sent you the mother of God. You've got a guardian angel. Psalm 91, verse 11 to 14. This verse, Terry, offers a unique and enduring peace that transcends worldly circumstances. And it provides a comfort during those lonely moments. And it gives us, let's just be honest, a peace that surpasses all understanding. I hope you enjoyed the six Bible verses that give you peace of soul. And Jesse, let's be honest. The saints had all of these. They would face trials in a way that had confidence. Even some of the saints that are women, I always get more. I can, I can understand a man standing up to a thug, but I, I see these women who live humble lives, and then when they get uh, accosted by the world, the devil, and the flesh, they stand up like roaring, like roaring lions and faith in Jesus Christ. To me, you know, this doesn't happen to somebody by doing it one time. This is what we have to be like, our lifestyle of confidence, living in the presence of God, so that when that time comes that we have to stand up, we will be ready because you're not going to be ready if you don't practice this in your daily life. Am I onto something there, Jess? You got it, Terry. And and let me give, in, in this last minute, I think that we have, yeah, we do. Uh, two Catholic prayers that help us to, to find that Tell peace us. of soul. Yeah, yeah, hit it. Okay, here's one. Mm-hmm. Prayer of St. Teresa of Avila. Oh, yeah. She says, let nothing disturb you. Let nothing frighten you. Mm. All things are passing away. God never changes. Patience obtains all things. Mm. Whoever has God lacks nothing. Well, God alone suffices. Here's another Catholic prayer for times of loneliness and depression. It's in the Divine Mercy, the closing prayer. Eternal God in whom mercy is endless and the treasure of compassion inexhaustible. Look kindly upon us and increase your mercy in us that in difficult moments we may not despair nor become despondent, but with great confidence submit ourselves to your holy will, which is love and mercy itself. Terry, there's even a Protestant prayer that brings peace of soul to Catholics. It's called the serenity prayer. Of course. Let me me say it. And then I got one from the little flower. Go ahead. God grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, courage to change the things I can, Mm -hmm. and the wisdom to know the difference, living one day at a time, accepting hardships as the pathway to peace, taking as he did 
this sinful world as it is, not as I would have it, trusting that he will make all things right if I surrender to his will, that I may be reasonably happy in this life and supremely happy with him forever in the next. Amen. Those are three prayers to bring peace of soul to the human person. And I've got one more from the little flower. She says, we have only short moments of this life to work for God's glory. Jesse and I say it all the time. The devil knows this. And that is why he tries to make us waste time in useless things. Oh, let us not waste our time, the little flower says. Let us save souls. Souls are falling into hell innumerably as the flakes of snow on a winter day. Jesus weeps. Instead of consoling him, we are brooding over our own sorrows. Hey, Jesse, I hate to say this, but she nailed it. Many times people are so depressed because you know what they're thinking about themselves too much i'm sorry i had to say that jess i've I've run into that they're having a pity party yeah you can't knock the pity party off (laughs) yeah you know why put your trust in jesus christ and you won't be lonely because if god is with you who's against us that's right uh and uh remember that uh Without Good Friday, yes. there is no Easter Sunday. That doesn't just apply to the second person of the Blessed Trinity. That applies to us. That's right. Without every individual baptized Catholic going through Good Friday, yeah. along with our, walking with Our Lady of Sorrows, mm. uh, guess what? We're not going to see Resurrection Sunday. Right. And the fact is, for us as Catholics, pain has meaning it's called redemptive suffering if you don't offer your pain to god you're wasting your pain it's been a big waste of time but when you say the morning offering and you say god i give you all my all my works joys and sufferings of this day guess what your entire you know medical problems and all your health problems turns into one prayer throughout the day. Wow, I'm fired up, Jess. Let's do it, buddy. (laughs) Hey, Colossians chapter 1. Read it for your homework. I fill up what is lacking in the sufferings of Christ for the good of the church. That's like every action has a a blank check. Jess, what state should we be living in, brother? Last time I checked, Terry, we should be living in a state of sanctifying grace. And last time I checked, do not live in a state of mortal sin. Well said. And remember what Jesse just talked about, redemptive suffering. It's It's God's megaphone. Our Lady said, souls are going to hell because no one is there to pray and make sacrifices. So if you're lonely, offer that suffering and then say, Jesus, I trust in you. Jesus, I trust in you. Trust in you. And be with Jesus. There's nothing better. And if you can, this holiday season, spend time before the Blessed Sacrament with the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords. Yes, you won't be lonely there because it's a taste of heaven. Jesse Romero, we wish everybody here on Virgin Most Powerful a Merry Christmas on Monday. May God bless you, folks, and thanks for supporting us here at Virgin Most Powerful Radio. God love you.